Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Is striving for perfection making you more fragile? Are your goals set by fear and scarcity? And why does it feel like there's so much pressure to succeed? In this coaching call, I talk with a father who feels an immense fear of failure. As we take a look at what drives his perfectionism, we start to see another way for him to be a solid provider, a way that allows him to feel more relaxed and playful as a result. What you're about to hear is an actual coaching call. The person being coached volunteered and gave explicit permission to have our conversation recorded for this podcast. Well, give me a sense of where, where you feel like we'd like to start. It's always just a trailhead. It doesn't have to be the exact thing we're going to talk about today, but give me a sense of what's on your mind and what you want to bring to our call. So, uh, when I, when I saw the email come out and, you know, for this opportunity, and I was going through the questionnaire, man, the first thing that popped in my mind was just oh, overarching theme. I think it's fear. Uh, but then that breaking that down could come into procrastination and perfectionism. I've, I've kind of since come into an understanding that I have both of those things. I feel like God has put a lot of stuff on me to do. And God, I'm just kind of afraid of it, you know? I want to combat that and I just want to live a purposeful life and serve as many people as I can. And just, this is such a short life, man. And I just want to do the most that I can with what I got, of course, for my family, but then I want to extend that out and, and help others, whether that's guys like me or uh, dads or kids, how, however it shakes out. So overarching, I feel like there's some kind of fear that I want to release or Maybe just not be afraid of anymore and get rid of the perfectionism that has come through my life <clears throat> and just stop procrastinating. Just put it in gear and get after life. When you say fear, uh, are you aware of the thing you're afraid of or is it just feel this, feel like this nebulous cloud of something, something's not good over there? 
Sure. I, I think it's failure. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that I've dialed it down to just being, I'm afraid of failing, even though I know that everybody fails. And like, that's, that's, I know all the acronyms, you know, person, template learning and all that stuff, but, and I just, I want to, I want to release that and step forward. And when you say failing for you, or is it, again, is it, is there a clear sense of what a failure would be for you? Or is it again, pretty nebulous? Uh, yeah. So failure, I wrap it up into, uh, the first thing that comes to mind trip is failure as a husband and a dad. Uh, cause I, I experienced that my dad failed. He went around, you know, so as my mom raising my wife, my sister and I just grinding, you know, the same, same story that a lot of dudes have a lot of people. Um, and so that's, that's probably where failure failing there is, would be a complete almost waste of life is what it would seem like. And uh, what constitutes as a failure as a husband and father in your world? How would you know you were failing? I would say if I were to not be present and, and choose, choose activities, choose uh, going out to the bar or escapism, just overall, that would probably be a failure. Mm -hmm. And so the idea, and it sounds like this is a pervasive since, or does it, is it come up in specific instances? Okay. I can't fail. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm heading down this road of failure. I've done a, a lot of, a lot of work to identify the glitches. Like when I find myself starting to get off on that, on a trail, that's not where I want to go. Usually I'm able to grab it, turn it back the other way. I want to, I want to be strong in that. You know, I want to always be sensitive to discerning, like, hey, I'm getting off. This trigger leads to this and this, this, and this. It, it's not something that is uh, pervasive, I guess, but I just, I, I want to be more knowledgeable about when, what triggers it, what, what comes, how does it come about? How does it manifest so that I can grab it, chunk it to the side and, and go back and get, grab some presents and be, be there for my wife and kids. Okay. When you're worried about being present, Where's your head? Hmm. Probably providing, providing financially mm -hmm. for the household. I'd say that's a, that's a big, a big fear, a uh, fear of that's a, that's a failure. You know, if that's a failure, that's, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So I would say that when, when I'm, when my mind is elsewhere, and when it's a time where I should be present with my wife and kids, it usually stems from, gosh, like how, how, how could I do better? How could I close this deal to provide more? And, and if that, then that would do this is this. So it's just like drags out. I'll be able to do this for the kids or we could go on a vacation and then I could be present, you know? So that seems like where my mind goes kind of an interesting loop, right? I care about my family so much and I want to be a good provider. And so I'm thinking about how to be a good provider. But if I think about that at the wrong times, I'm not present with my family and I don't, it's like a weird, kind of a sad loop there. It is. Yeah. It's a definitely, uh, it should be an upward spiral, but it, it's definitely a, a slide down if you don't grab it. Hmm. 
And as you describe it, and as I sit with you here, it's got it. It's it's a bit white knuckled. It's it, the teeth are gritting here. It, there's it feels like there's a lot. I understand the providing piece, but then there there also seems like there's a lot about you. It's important for you to get this right, or I don't know what phrase you would use, but there's a lot riding on this. You getting this right and being the being the father and the husband you really want to be. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that, I think you're you're sensitive to uh, to that. For sure, because I feel like it's on me, trip, uh, just generations of broken families through in my, my heritage. And so I feel like I'm the, I'm the one who has to break it. I, I don't want to say it's a curse, but if I don't break this and I don't endure <clears throat> and, and embrace this challenge, then my boys and my daughters might be susceptible to it too. Yeah, I could feel that pressure. I could feel the generations of what I can only imagine of the hardship and, you know, the legacy of, of that, all that damage and, and you taking that on, this stops now. That is, it is, uh, it is the bearing or the load. Yeah. So it feels. Uh, but as I listen to you, I'm trying to figure out what's really at stake here because I, what I really sense is how much you love them and how much you want to be present for them, and how much you do care. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out where, is there a slide here? Is there, like, is there a problem that we need to know about that is tempting you and pulling you away? Or is it just, we can't move an inch in that direction or else it all might fall apart? Hmm. I think, uh, man, the first thing that comes to mind is, so I, don't, I don't hardly drink alcohol anymore. Uh, started started that junk at 12 years old and did it till I was like 35 <laughs> pretty pretty consistently and then uh, so yeah I just try not to drink alcohol anymore I have had a couple beers recently which has done nothing but waste my time um, so that, to me that felt like it was a plus you know before I used to have to drink to be able to fill myself almost had to numb down who I, who I was on the surface to get to who I wanted to be. And then that person seemed to be fun. So my mind trip goes, I know that if I get too far off on a, a couple beers could turn into a glass of whiskey or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is. And it could, it could definitely be that it gets me a mile down the road. And I'm like, Oh no, right. what happened? <laughs> right. Uh, and then I've also been trying to, uh, be more aware of, I, I used to use exercise as an escapism and I didn't really, didn't really know that until just recently. I just thought I was doing good. You know, daddy was being the example going to the gym, but when it, when it was, uh, affecting the way that the rest of my family had to, had to coordinate their days, even though I'm trying to do it in the mornings to crush it, it still impeded them. And so I've, that's what, that's another thing that, that triggers in my mind as if I go too far, then I've spent two hours at the gym, you know, mm. and it's like, everybody's losing. Mm. Okay. So those are the two things that come to mind as far as, you know, like if I let them, they're, they're fresh wounds and they're healing, but if I let them reopen, they could fester and be a terrible problem. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I hear that underneath all of this is you are developing self-trust. 
I'd say that's fair. Kind of like um, watching somebody walk out on ice. <laughs> there's this cautiousness and there's every step means so much, every inch, there's so much riding on it. And then, but if somebody trusts the ice and understands the ice and has experience on that ice and knows what to look for, they may move rather freely on it. It's not cavalier. They're not being reckless, but they have experience. But if you're a Florida boy like me, I don't walk out on ice. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, can, I can sense that here. You're learning what it really means to trust yourself here. Does that fit at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I, I really tried to be very disciplined and diligent these last five years to, to be a man. And I've been a boy child for, or a man child, I should say, for 20 years, it seems like. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, gosh, forget about the past. Like, I'm just going to scrap it. I, it's my responsibility, and I have, a, have to hold myself accountable for who I become going forward. That past stuff is just whatever, water under the bridge. And so, yes, it, it's very fitting that I'm learning how to be a man with integrity and discipline and somebody who wants to be present for their family. So let's come back to this perfectionism then. Where does perfectionism fit with being a man for you? God, it's a good question. I think perfectionism for me, stepping into manhood, wow, I think, uh, gosh, Yes, it, it, it would be being a good example, or being the example uh, as a man that's leading my household, doing, gosh, almost like doing all the right stuff. You know, it's, it's uh, as I'm starting to try to peel, peel this onion back to, to really answer your question, and it's just, my mind's just racing through it's it's being disciplined about food and exercise and what you watch and you know trying to do all of these things that people people who appear to be doing it the right way are doing and you're trying to bring all of that stuff in at once and just taking it and being like oh I, well if they can do it I can do it <laughs> and so just I, I think it's gosh man that's uh for me it, uh, perfectionism is a man. Yeah, I think it's leading, leading, leading in every regard, leading at work, leading at my, my sphere of influence through my friends, and then mainly leading at the house, leading in a very perfectionistic, perfectionistic way. I make mistakes because um, I'm not perfect as much as I'd like to be. <laughs> <laughs> We're alike. <laughs> and um, I wonder, how do you want your kids to handle mistakes that they make? I try to always inform them. We either, we either win or we learn. So failure is just an attempt at learning. We get to try again. It's, but I feel like it's, uh, it's almost paradoxical in my mind where it creates that like uh, that, that cognitive dissonance where I'm speaking this to them but I don't know that that I actually 
can apply that to my life. Yeah. I'm glad you catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay? Is it okay for your kids to have failures and mistakes? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we are, we're not the, the hovering parents. We, we try to, in the right scenario, let them fall on their face. Okay. But not you. Yeah. But not me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fall on my face. And what if, what if we learned more from you by what we saw you do instead of what you said? Yeah. What if it was more important for us to watch a man get back up after he falls down than to always get it right and play it safe, live in a world where he always got it right because he was afraid to move outside of that circle? I don't know why, Trip, but it just always goes back to, I feel like if I, my, my failures uh, right now that are in front of me that I'm uh, aspiring to, to embrace are all related to uh, potential financial failures through business creation and being an entrepreneur and whatnot. And so that just scares the life out of me, man. So I'm like, I don't, I, what do you do if you lose it? You know, what if it goes away? Yeah. What would you do? Get up again and figure out a way, <laughs> figure out a way to put bread on the table and in the fridge. You would figure it out. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know that I know how to let myself have that initial fail because it seems like there's so much riding on it. One of the first things I wrote down when we started talking was pressure versus play, and it's we can't play when we really believe that there's so much at stake. And I'm not saying there's not anything at stake here, but you've you've touched on a few things a few times and I hear it in the language of being a man and there's a lot of idealism here. Right. So there's this, whatever this means for you to be a man or whomever you're watching in fitness or these other things, these are ideals. They're things to maybe move in that direction. They're compass headings. But it's really, it can be really tough when we, that becomes the bar we set for ourselves. And then we lose sight that if we don't hit that bar, we don't maintain that bar, then it's a really long fall. And I wonder if there's daylight in between that, what looks like failure in that world of ideals and what feels like other failures in your life. That makes sense. Like there, we've, we've kind of lost sight that, okay, that's a, that's a direction to move in, but I'll never be perfect there. And it's okay. In fact, it makes me less of an asshole. <laughs> I'm relatable if I'm not perfect. I can connect with people if I'm not perfect. That's where the light comes through, right? That that's sure. where I can be relatable instead of the guy on his own mountain all by himself. Right. Or the kids looking at how the hell am I ever going to be like my dad? He's perfect. That's right. Yeah, that that's uh it's almost like that. I feel like uh I feel like that just kind of, in a weird way, maybe encouraged me to go fail. You know, that's kind of like what I what I hear, what I what I what I feel is just like, just go. Like hearing hearing you process our conversation so far and what you're picking up on, and, and through your your words, that's what I'm hearing. It's just like, dude, just go fail. Like, be selective, right, <laughs> about what you fail with, but go fail. Try it. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's go fail so much as you'll be fine if you do. And it's okay to fail because you are training yourself to get back up. 
And in fact, that might be the most important thing you ever teach your kids is they can take a punch and they can get back up. I saw my daddy do it. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I saw my daddy always get it right. And then now I live in a world where I have to always get it right. And so I live in this really tiny, small world. I definitely don't want that for the kids. Okay. So perhaps it's about reassessing what is truly a threat in your world and relaxing some of this rigidity around, well, if I give an inch here, it's, I'm, off the, I'm over the edge. And this is back where we come back to self-trust. I don't quite trust myself there yet. I don't quite trust it'll be okay. Does that fit at all for you? I think so. Yeah, I really think it does. Um, I don't know how it's correlated, but I feel like there's a lot of, uh, it's like heart wounds from having, so seeing my kids now uh, is about the same age where my dad just bailed. And I'm just like, dude, what, like, how could you do that? You know, like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me where you have this little human that is just like, daddy's a superhero. Whether failing or not failing or whatever, getting up, you know, just like, they don't know. Just daddy's a superhero. And then daddy just turns and is like, nah, not in. I'm out. I don't know where, what the internal trip is there or the trigger, uh, but there's, it seems like it all goes back to something as a little boy not being good enough for your dad to want to just be in your life, you know, as an innocent little kid. <clears throat> so I think that's where it all started. And then just being hard on myself to, to uh, perform from an early age. My mom never asked me to perform, but you know, like you just, you just do, I, I guess it was just like the load that I picked up and I, it's only seems like it's only grown as my age has increased, which may be fair and, and maybe just what it is. What I'm trying to do in my mind trip is uh, articulate how the, the self, the self trust is not as developed as it should be. Well, I don't know about should be, but it's your situation. This is your path. And I don't want to pretend that there's another path out there for you that you missed somewhere where this is all working out and you don't have this issue. This is your path. This is what you're born into. It's suffering to, to think, oh, there's this other path out there and I just got it wrong somewhere. I did it wrong. And that that other path is where everything's going along amazingly well. No, this is it. This is the one show you got. This is the one channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So given that this is your one channel, and given that we're kind of getting a sense of how important this is to you, absolutely. Is there daylight between you doing this well and then kind of this other extreme of you doing it perfectly and this pressure and rigidity to be perfect? Could that relax at all? Or would you want it to relax at all? Or does it just feel like, nope, it's got to be perfect? Man, I would love it to, to relax. I would love for there to be a, a big old bright, beautiful sunset or sunrise between the two with, with grace, you know, on either side of them. Okay, great. Well, let's play with that. 
what might help that? What would need to relax a bit if nothing were actually different in your world? Like meaning the what's in your bank account or the, the kids or anything else. What would need to be different between your ears, hypothetically, for you to be able to experience that grace, as you said, it's a beautiful word. Mm. In other words, what belief would you need to relax or let go of? What's the belief that says, mm-mm, mm-mm, it's not okay? Mm. Belief. First thing that comes to mind is that I may be a pivotal point in my heritage, but I don't have to carry all those burdens from prior failures from, you know, dad and grandparents. And just because that's, that's me, I don't, I don't have to believe that it's my load to carry. Mm -hmm. I may just be the pivotal point that changes it, you know, a small incremental gain towards the opposite. It doesn't, I'm not the one who's just going to hulk it up and throw, throw the pendulum or the needle to the complete other side. I don't have to do that is what that belief is probably the best. Is it something like, Hey, you know, th those were their choices and I get to make mine. Is it, is it that, or I want to understand what you're saying here? Cause it sounds like I want to help you delineate what's theirs and their life and what's yours in your life. Sure. Great question. Uh, I really appreciate the persistence here because pushing on that button, uh, it, I think you said it correctly better than I could have that, that it is letting go of their choices. That, that's, that's external. That has nothing to do with me at all. Man, I just, I feel myself welling up when you say that, like, I, there's just feels like this, like, oh, just dropping all of that weight. Yeah. I feel it. I can feel it in my chest. <laughs> Yeah. Is it okay to let that go? Or does it feel like you owe it? Like you owe somebody to do that. It's your, it's your burden to carry because you owe somebody. It does feel like for some reason, man, I don't, and I don't get this. It seems like I owe my dad to hold on to that. Oh, okay. You owe him to carry his burden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When, when you, when you speak it back, it sounds so ridiculous. Okay. Does it, does that make sense to you or is it, it just, it just feels that way. It's not a rational understanding. In this moment, I'm feeling that, that that is, that's kind of the, we're like, we're funneling down the belief to that's the main one. That's the heaviest mm. or maybe the, the last bolt, if you will. I can remove that bolt and I can just dump the whole weight and start trucking on my own path. That is my channel where self-trust can be built. And I don't have to have these ideals that are everybody else's. It can be mine for me, for my family. How old were you when your father made that choice to leave? Uh, five or five. And you're how old now? 37. Do you want to carry your father's burden for him? Do not. No, man, I, I don't, I'll take my kids, uh, but I don't want, I don't want my kids and my wife's, but I can hold in my arms is what I'll, I'll, I'll bear, bear those all day. But anybody else's stuff is, I don't want it. Okay. 
your choice. I asked you how old you were because at five it might have made sense that that was somehow your job to to pick it up and you know that, that you're looking through the eyes of a very 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 young person who's scared and confused and I'm, if we had the time we could talk to that part of you that's still five years old and still doing his best to take up the slack right but I want you to understand that it, it might just make sense from his perspective instead of the adult you who is now here, who is now capable of leading and is now capable of helping this young boy relax. And there's some healing that can take place there. So he can go be five and he can be back in your life as a five-year-old where he can play and find wonder and go get his hands dirty and just have a a great time as a five-year-old boy would instead of carrying that load. It's not his job. Never was supposed to be. That's what it might look like to heal him, to bring him into the present. And I can almost like feel my, feel my heart filling up. <laughs> just, yeah. just from almost like receiving that permission, you know, from you. If anything, he needs your love and he needs to know that he is supported by you. He probably has no idea there's an adult man, strong adult man that cares this much that has his back mm-hmm. I've got you son you're okay you can go play <laughs> oh man that already feels great <laughs> and that might be where self trust starts to come from where this relaxing internally might start to come from I'm supported I've got a man I can depend on here. Yeah, I feel so much better already. Just, I guess, visualizing, like, you know, maybe taking it in your mind's eye, interacting, almost embracing, just embracing me as a little boy. Mm. You're valuable. I got your back. There's a, a commercial that I... I saw a football commercial, you know, for like some sporting team or whatever. And so I do that to my son, just a bunch of dudes jumping around. I'm like, I got your back. I got your back. So I do that. <laughs> I do that to him all the time. But to do that to my myself, just even think about it, it feels really nice. You know, that bringing some discipline and practice to that might have a huge impact for you. Just to get to know him and listen to him. Listen to him because we might want to tell him things. Okay. But what does he want to tell you? What is he what is he afraid of? He may not want to hand over the reins immediately. But if you want to spend some time with him every morning in prayer or meditation or journaling or whatever it is, and just listen. What's this little what's this little man need today? What would serve him today? How could I support him? How can I protect him? It's not his job to build my business, not his job to be perfect as a man. He's five. He's a boy. That's his job. Yeah, I love that. I've tried. I haven't. That's a lie. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I haven't tried. I, I, I talk. Uh, I talk to myself a lot about journaling, and I just don't do it. But I want to. I want to with with this. 
I feel like that that's a, a good way, like you were saying, to I always ask in the mornings when I wake up, go through my, my gratitude practice, you know, find three things that I'm grateful for. And then I, I try to ask, ask God, like, you know, hey, man, who can I serve today? Mm. But it's never come up as me. <laughs> <laughs> not, even, not even kind of ever come up as me, and especially not me 32 years ago. So let's look at this system, right? Let's look at your internal system here, because that's what we're talking about, right? Is here's this burdened man, afraid of failure, procrastinating, trying to live up to these ideals, caring so much, caring stuff that's not even his. Yeah, so it's beautiful to turn that curiosity inwards. What would have me feel more open and free? Who is struggling, right? Who within me is struggling? Think of your, I like to think of my internal life as a boardroom. And there's, everybody's at this table. There's a lot of people at that table. There's my injured five-year-old. There's my injured nine-year-old. There's my injured, <laughs> there's a lot of injuries and burdens and all kinds of folks. You get to know them because they're all speaking up and they're all really committed to their thing. They're all really committed to whatever that injury was. And hell, I'm never going to feel that way again. There's some version of that. You get to know everybody but they all want to be at the head of the table. They all want to take the lead because they're afraid. That's their job to protect. And so we don't develop that self-trust with your self-leadership, capital S, the adult in you, the essential you. Okay, we, we can talk to him. Everybody gets a vote. but So, Tripp, whenever you're... you're in your boardroom or when you were, if you still go back there, uh, do you... Every day. <laughs> okay. Good. I, I like the practicality of that. Is it, is it, uh, are you, are you giving them time to speak and to, and then you go and re like relinquish that vow that, that nine-year-old injured you had or whatever? Is, is that how you kind of do that? So let's zoom out. We're, we're talking about a, a process called IFS, Eternal Family Systems, which was developed okay. by Richard Schwartz. And if you want, you can see the uh, conversations I've had with him on the podcast that I've done. He wrote a really great book called No Bad Parts. He's written lots of other books, but No Bad Parts is fantastic if you're new to this process and you're not a therapist and you're, you know, you're not a clinical person and... Um, but it really helps to understand this modality. So I'm, this is not mine. And there's a process to heal aspects of ourselves here. And, these, and when we do that, these protectors tend to relax a lot more, if not re relax completely. They become unburdened, to use his terminology. And then sometimes they're, they're still there, kind of like an old football injury or skateboard injury or whatever, and we just know that they're going to be around. I know I tend to get activated if X happens. So keep an eye on that. You know, I get into a situation where X might happen so I don't get too reactive and have that part of me come out and say something stupid. Mm, okay. But as part of the practice, it is, it is paying attention. Usually I feel it in my body. I can feel a constriction in certain parts or... It's yapping at me in my meditation and keeping me from being present. So turn into it. Let's let's hear what you have to say. What's what's your concern today? And that's that's typically how I do it. I might pull out a piece of paper and just let 
that part of me go. And that could be really beautiful. Just to, I could actually feel it physically move out of my body. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's different for everybody. I would encourage you to, you know, you can work with an IFS person. I would highly recommend it. And um, I have training in that, but, you know, in terms of doing this deeper work, it's, uh, it's really, really powerful stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you reminded me of, uh, of a practice that I was trying to be good at for a little while was, uh, I don't know if this is the technical time term for it, but I, I think it, it is in certain regards, but uh, it was a, I'm a mind dump and, uh, just gave yourself, I gave myself 90 seconds and you just literally wrote down everything that was on in your mind, words, phrases, colors, whatever, just like clearing cognitively, clearing out everything to make room for what was needed. And I, that you were, as you were saying that reminded me of the, the feelings of clarity that I had when I did do that. So that would be a good practice to start again, <laughs> maybe. Absolutely, and I, I you know, the, a lot of these parts haven't been allowed to speak. They're, they're, it's not convenient for the rest of the system, let's say. So if it's a part of me that feels fear or shame or anger or something that's unpleasant, and, I, and I'm more committed to keeping my stoic face on and getting things done and being that ideal, I may not, be willing to turn into and get curious with these other aspects of me. Okay. And so it's good to encourage freedom of expression. I like to say, let the tiger eat you, right? Like turn into that tiger. It feels like, oh, I can't go there. I don't want to, uh, that's uncomfortable. I'd rather go be, get an ice bath. Of course you <laughs> would, right? So <laughs> turn around and get curious and then, and then listen. What else does he have to say? What else does he want me to know? What else would have him feel supported? Might take some time. Usually does. But building that relationship, like you, you witnessed just a few minutes ago, just allowing it to be there and allowing it to be seen, the whole system starts to calm down. And if you're like me, my rigidity, my perfectionism is usually directly tied to things not being okay. If I don't get it right, if I don't get this right, if I don't, perform at this level, whatever it is, it's this, I really believe something is at stake. And then there's no play there. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. So my rigidity and that, that, that kind of fundamentalism that can come up in me, like it has to be this way. Um, uh, okay, I've, I've convinced myself I'm really in danger here. Ah, uh, okay, I see. <laughs> that's, and that's the, the threat that you mentioned earlier, threat versus challenge. Yeah, pressure versus play, right? Like, you know, yeah, I like threat versus challenge. Oh, I like a challenge. Take it, bring it on. Let's have some fun, right? But it's only let's have some fun if I'm, if fundamentally I feel more okay. If I really believe I'm in danger, then mm -mm, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't a fun challenge anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's where I've been through uh, being the provider of the house, it, it has been like, there's no play. I'm an outside sales guy and being a salesman who, you know, one of the main things they say is detach from the cell so that you can serve the client. Well, whenever everything that every conversation that I have is all based on, if I don't do this, 
if his still doesn't close, then <laughs> where's the food coming from? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, golly, how do I release this thing? And mm. I've, I've written it down and, and, and double underlined it. Play. Just bring in more play. Yeah. And in, 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 in order to do that, you might need to get in touch with the parts of you that don't feel like play. You've got little people in your house. So there are days where X, Y, Z, you're going to ask them to do this or get on the swing or whatever. And it's life or death for them. And you know, you know, as the adult, this is not life or death, <laughs> but that does, you can't just tell them that they have to go and check it out and then learn through experience that it's not life or death. And so mm-hmm that's that's part of being in a relationship and developing trust and learning to edge yourself out on that ice. And you know what? I am okay out here. And that takes patience and compassion. Uh, instead of just snapping my fingers like, damn it, just play. And- <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really like the, uh, the, the ice analogy as I, I, I do feel that way. The more that we, keep talking here in the warm I kind of sit in that it is, it's very, very delicate. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that's like, Oh, is there a stick or something I can poke out there to make sure, sure it's good. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal. I mean, I've been working for myself since I was 22 and I'm much older than that now just turned 50. So, and I still get these moments. I don't know every few months where I feel like everything's going to fall apart and it hasn't yet, you know? So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> just, it becomes part of life. It becomes part of life. So I, I don't think it'll always be that way for you, but it, I'm just saying that I don't want you to create a story that you're somehow doing it wrong because you're also scared. It is scary, but maybe we could relax it a bit if we've got some younger parts of us in there that are really afraid and they don't need to be afraid. Those younger parts actually don't need to be afraid. They're fighting another battle. They don't need to fight. Right. And we can help them out. And I can see how that is compounding because if I'm doing that at 37 and they've been doing that at whatever age for however many years, there's some, there's some callus built up on, on some of those, those injuries or those wounds Yeah. or the fear, the, you know, the fear of failure. Or, or believing how ingrained it is to believe that failure is not okay. Failure is not an option. We don't, you know, whatever terrible, terrible, bad thing would happen if there was a failure. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you might have a lot more space for the challenges that you have now. They're, they're real challenges, but you might have more space internally for them because your system also isn't battling this other thing. Right. We can set goals and intentions for our life from this place and not enough and fear and perfectionism and we only create more of that, right? But as you learn about your system and start to relax your system, and being okay, you might set a completely different set of goals for yourself. And that's where the coaching piece comes from. That's why I love to integrate this into coaching because I really don't want to help people perpetuate their not enoughness and their fear and their this pressure. That's not inspiring to me. But if we can relax this stuff, it's like, oh, wow, who's underneath, right? What, do you, what are you really here to live and play and experience? And that's usually eclipsed by this fear relax that. And then there's some beautiful, beautiful things that want to be created. And that's good. I love that, man. I, I already feel so much better. You know, like I, I listen to your podcast, I, I follow you and it's almost uh, like sharing this conversation with you. And it, I feel 
I feel the father's heart, like your father's heart and like, you know, pouring into me a little bit, speaking, blowing into my, my cells and like blowing the balloon up, like, Hey man, like, come on, you got this, you know, and in another way, it's, uh, we don't know each other, but I feel like you're permitting me and giving me permission to do these things. And I, through the respect I have for you and your commitment to serving people, it feels great. So it was really great to, so I, I guess I should just say, I received, you know, I receive all that you're pouring in, <laughs> I'm bottling good. it up. Good, good, good. That's beautiful. I'm glad to hear that. That makes me very happy. And you got me, man. I'm a little teared up. Okay. So is there anything else you'd like to add that um, would be supportive to you? My first thought is sharing this, this with my kids. Mm. Like sharing this uh, with the with the family, with the intention of our, already kind of peeling off that perfectionistic demeanor, mm -hmm. and have them watch watch me work through this, having some accountability, interfamily wise. Okay, I think that's that's the and I mean you know overall accountability in general is just so necessary. So. I think that's the only thing that I might add to that. Beautiful. So I'd like to I'd like to follow up with you. I'd like for you to follow up via email. What do you say you follow up in uh, in two weeks? Let me know how you're doing. Would you be up to okay. that? Yeah, of course, man. From today, awesome, man. Thank you so much for your you leaned in today. It was beautiful, man. Thank you. You you. Uh, I don't know that I was kicking and screaming, but <laughs> there was parts of me that probably didn't want to go that. So. I'm, I'm thankful that you have the skill and the sensitivity to bring that out. Is that was really powerful. Much love to you, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, buddy. Later. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.